0: Welcome once again to Stonebridge Church. My name is Matt, and excited I'm excited to dig into the Word with you this morning. You can turn to First Corinthians chapter two. We've been walking through First Corinthians. It really is a perfect book for our church, as Joey said last week. It's a clear example of what can go wrong in a church when we start to put ourselves and other men before God. And so it's my prayer to God that this does not happen to Stonebridge Church. That we wouldn't become a family that starts to become self-focused, that starts to become all about me as an individual and you about as an individual. But instead, it would be we. It'd be us walking together, following Jesus. So I'm just going to tell you where we're going. I'm, I'm teaching... Uh, this week and next week. And so, uh, chapter two, here's where we're going with. Here's what it's all about um, effective gospel sharing is dependent on God and not you. That's essentially what chapter two is about. And then, next week with chapter three, um, effective gospel growth or just growth in your personal walk. Church growth is dependent on God and not you. So, that's where we're headed. And what, what we're going to see is that as we see ourselves and the church as dependent on God, divisions crumble. There's no room for disunity when everyone's dependent on God. When the focus is not me and my differences with other people, and when it's on God, that becomes the family glue, so to speak, that holds us together. So, I want to read chapter 2 with you, and then we'll dive in. So, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll read the whole thing here. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. If they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, is not dependent on you, point one. Effective gospel sharing is not dependent on you. And specifically, it's not dependent on your smooth style. Look at what Paul says here in verse 3. He said he came in weakness, fear, trembling. This weakness was most likely physical. In 2 Corinthians 10.10, it's up on the screen. Okay, get this. These are the Corinthians. These are. This is the people in the church at Corinth. They're describing Paul. Okay, here's what they say about him. For it is said, Paul, his letters are weighty and powerful, but his physical presence is weak. And his public speaking amounts to nothing. Wow. Okay, think about that. Think, imagine you planted a church and then they say that about you. Okay, you'd feel pretty honored. Not. Right? And then to add to it, Church history on Paul describes him as this. His his legs were crooked, his knees projecting, his eyebrows met, and his nose was long. And yes, eyebrows met is a unibrow, I think. Um, So, um, Paul here is described not only by the Corinthians, but church history backs it up as physically not much to look at. Okay? Why? Why? highlight the power of God not Paul this was totally unlike the other speakers the other teachers the philosophers in Corinth who were all all flashy and 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 made it made their speech just so eloquent and smooth and oh, oh wow yeah that's true even if you don't agree with it you're like yeah you know those type of speakers that's that's these guys and they probably looked really good too and Paul just came with a simple message because he understood one thing. He s- understood that effective gospel sharing was not dependent on him. It wasn't dependent on his smooth style. And he also understood that it wasn't dependent on his intelligence. So, look at, look at this with me. Paul contrasts his style with the intellectual style of the philosophers of the day. Verse 1 said, He came not with lofty speech or wisdom, Verse 4, not plausible words of wisdom. Verse 6, not a wisdom of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. He chose not to come with this heavy hitting, I know so much more than you type wisdom. Now, you guys probably know several people like this who just kind of like to flaunt the fact that they can not only speak really smoothly, but they know a lot, okay? Maybe a lot like this guy, Tony Stark, if you know who he is. All right, we could just keep going, and it would be very entertaining and fun. But um, but that's what these philosophers were like, okay? They had it, they had it going on. They are like, hey, I'm not saying that I'm all this, but I am all that, you know? The, the, those type of guys, and they know all sorts of things. Um, and if you don't know Tony Stark, he's from Iron Man. You should go watch it this afternoon. If you've never seen any Iron Man movies or Avenger movies, um, that would that'd be a good time. Uh, anyway... Uh, Paul's contrasting his style. He's like, I didn't come like that at all. So that I could highlight the fact that God, his power, is what matters. What God knows, the wisdom of God is what matters. And in fact, he says, intelligent, is pointless apart from Christ. In verse 13, it says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them. He's not able to understand them. So, if you have intelligence without knowing Jesus, it's alright. But if, you, if you're a really intelligent person without knowing Jesus... The things of God, this verse says, the things of God to you are going to just sound stupid. They're going to be folly to you. And then it says you're actually not even able to understand them. So you might think you're really wise. I'm a really wise person. I'm really intellectual. But without Christ, without the Spirit of God living inside of you, you missed it. That's what Paul's saying. You're not even able to understand the things of God, no ability to understand the gospel apart from the Spirit of God. Now what Paul is not saying is that smooth and intellectual speech isn't helpful. He didn't believe that. Um, They're both very helpful, right? But at the end of the day, what makes gospel sharing effective? God. Here's what he's saying. He's saying the main enemy in sharing the gospel is is self-reliance. Check out this quote by theologian Gordon Fee. says, What he's rejecting, talking about Paul, is not persuasive preaching, rather the real danger in all preaching, self-reliance. The danger always lies in letting the form and content get in the way of what should be the single concern, The gospel proclaimed through human weakness, but accompanied by the powerful work of the spirit so that lives are changed through a divine human encounter. Paul's battling its self-reliance in gospel sharing. Who gets in the way of you sharing the gospel most effectively Who gets in the way? What person gets in the way most of you sharing the gospel? I know the answer. You. You and your self-reliance. Me and my self-reliance. And Paul's saying, look, if you're overconfident on one end or if you're frozen with fear, take heart. Take heart because It being effective, you sharing the gospel effectively, isn't dependent on you. And that should be really free. So why does this matter? Why does it matter that gospel sharing is not dependent on you? Well, it should humble the eloquent. People who are just not shy. These are the talkers. You know know who you are. Maybe a little more intelligent. Maybe not that intelligent. You just like to talk a lot, right? Um, But it, it should humble us. I fall in this category that effective gospel sharing is not dependent on me or on you and your smart smoothness. It's not dependent on your boldness in talking to people. It's not dependent on your natural ability to relate with other people and talk with people. It's not dependent on your polished delivery and your knowledge of apologetics. It's not dependent on your handsome dad bod or nicely sculpted beard. Okay? It's not dependent on what you look like. It's not dependent on what you say. It's dependent on God. So um, I've shared about this in the past. Um, I'd go down with college students down to Panama City Beach, Florida during spring break. And we were there to share the gospel on the beach with people who were there to do other things. Okay, we'll just say. (laughs) And um, I remember there was this little shy girl. Okay. Okay. And she did not want to do this. She was there just to be in Florida, okay? Which, don't blame her, right? Middle of winter, you're in Minnesota. I was living in Minnesota. Why wouldn't you want to be down in Florida? So there she is. And um, I'm over here. We would pair up. I'm over here with this guy. And I'm talking to people the whole afternoon. I love it. Like, I I love doing that. Just getting to know people. Well, um, while I'm good at talking to people, um, that afternoon... I had little to no success in talking about Jesus with about anyone, like as soon as I would even go there, even mention like, hey, you ever have any background going to church or anything? Just sorry, man, I don't want to talk to you, you know, like that sort of thing. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and, um, but then this little gal, right, she goes up to someone right away, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, I just don't know what to do with my life, and, Something to the effect of, like, I really lack purpose and which I wish I knew what to do. And she's like, oh, well, I can, I can help you out. And <laughs> she shares the gospel with this person, and they come to know Jesus. And so she's just really hesitant. Her, her, her style was really, was, was really weak, at least by the world's standards, right? But God used her more than he used me that day. Why? Because it's not dependent on you it's not dependent on your eloquent style now how about how about you who are more shy introverted um maybe a little more simple minded maybe maybe fearful to share the gospel well it should this truth should really empower you just like it empowered that gal effective gospel sharing is not dependent on your smart smoothness either and that's great news. That that should bring freedom to you. Freedom from the fear of failure. Freedom from the fear of rejection. Freedom from the fear of not knowing enough. That's what I hear from people. What if they ask me a question? I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you normally do when people ask you questions you don't know? You go, well, I don't know, but I can get back to you about it. And it's going to be all right. And life will go on. And I've had people ask that and um, still maybe not like on the spot Come to know Jesus, but still at some point come to know Jesus because they were just they were they were glad that I was humble enough to go. I don't know, but I'll get back to you. So I, I don't buy that. And this truth. This method that Paul uses here with the Corinthians and coming. In this in this weak way. Should be really Empowering. To you in here who are just afraid, just scares you to even hear about sharing the gospel. The fact that my main point included sharing the gospel made you go, I'm out, not, I'm not doing that. So let, why are we even talking about it? Uh, so for you, for you, God is saying today, I want to I empower you and can and do empower you with the Holy Spirit to share the gospel. Now what's the gospel? That's, that's in my title. We talk about that a lot around here. Um, Paul says what it is. Verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is the message of the gospel in its simplest form. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And if you're like, what? This still doesn't make sense. I'm not sure how I would share that with someone. Well, Paul defines it even more clearly in 1 Corinthians fifteen, three and 4. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. That He was buried and then He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. You want to faithfully share the Gospel? Share those things with them. Jesus died for our sins on a cross. He was buried. He was raised to life. There you go. You can do it. You can share that. You know it. Just read that. It's beautiful. It's simple. A child can understand it, but yet we can spend our whole lives diving into the depths of the riches of the gospel. It's, it's beautiful. So there goes that excuse that you don't know it. Second point today, effective gospel sharing is dependent on God. specifically on His wisdom. Not your intellect. It's dependent on God's wisdom. And in verse 2, Paul said he decided to know nothing and accept Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So it isn't that Paul was like, uh, you know, I just walked around and said, Jesus Christ, Him crucified. Jesus Christ, Him crucified. Hey, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. No. Okay, that would be weird. All right? Paul, Paul didn't do that. No, it just means that his main focus and his main passion when he was with them was that. So he'd always just bring it back to that in his conversations. Verses 6-8. through Let's read those again. It says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had they would not have crucified the lord of glory it talks about the secret and hidden wisdom of god but we find out in verse 12 that if you believe in jesus you have the holy spirit so it's not a secret anymore to you what is this what is this secret god's uh, the secret of god's wisdom here's what it is it's the gospel it's the gospel it's god's sovereign plan to save people from the beginning. Joey talked about that with our passage last week. And that's also why it says they wouldn't have crucified Jesus if they would have known this. It's saying they didn't really know. Think about people in the Old Testament or even while people were alive. Even his disciples. They didn't get it. They're like, wait. Uh, you're, remember Peter? He's like, so um, they're coming to arrest you. You're supposed to be the king. You're supposed to be the savior. So he goes and chops the soldier's ear off, right? And Jesus is like, you don't get it. Right? That's why it was secret and hidden. It's not secret and hidden to us. Now, we know God's plan. God's plan was for Jesus to come, die on a cross, and be raised to life. And one day he'll come back. We were just singing about this, right? He'll come back in power and in glory. And those who know Jesus will be, live with him forever. And be beautiful. So that's God's wisdom. That's what it's talking about here, this secret wisdom. It's the gospel. It's this simple, foolish to the world, offensive, but life altering content. That's what changes people's lives. That's what makes our gospel sharing effective. It's this wisdom of God, it's the gospel. Versus the complex, often very pleasing content that the philosophers of this day in Corinth had and were telling people. So a good parallel, I think, would be relativism in our day. And relativism basically says this. What's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is true for me. And that's really pleasing, right? When you hear that right away, you're like, oh, that that's great. Let's all hold hands, sing kumbaya, and life's going to be great, right? But... It's actually pretty complex, and there's a huge problem with it. When you say that all truth is relative, that statement is self-refuting. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, let's just call this shirt gray. It's probably more like a charcoal or something, but for these purposes, let's call this gray. Um, and if you're colorblind, uh, this analogy doesn't work. So, um Let's just say that this shirt is gray uh, because it is, okay? Um, But someone comes up to me this morning and goes, hey, Matt, I really love your yellow shirt. What would I say to them? Thank you? No, I'd go, this is gray, man. I'm sorry. And he'd be like, no, it is yellow. I know that it's yellow, Okay. I wouldn't just go, you know, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. No, that, I mean, that's, but that's relativism. That's what people do with all sorts of things, but it doesn't work. This shirt is not yellow. I don't even think to colorblind people. I think they call it red or something, but um, right. No offense if you're colorblind, but um, there's objective truth and it can be known, right? And that's what Paul, Paul here is saying there is a wisdom from God. there is a gospel that Jesus came and was crucified and rose from the dead, and that, even though it's offensive to people, that's what Joey focused on last week, right? Even though it's offensive to people, even foolish and people mock it. this is true. It's like it's almost too good to be true jesus died Jesus came and took care of my sin problem, even though I hated him. What's up with that? We did it because he loves you, right? But that's objectively true. And people want to say, you know what? You can follow Jesus. You can follow Muhammad. You can follow whoever. It's all good, man. Well, it's not all good. Because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life, and nobody can come to the Father except through me. It's simple. It's offensive. But it's the wisdom of God. It's the message of Christ crucified. It w- it's, and it's what makes gospel sharing effective. It's not worldly, intellectual wisdom that sounds great but falls flat on its face. It's what's true and it's objectively true. What makes Paul's simple gospel effective? God thought it up. Right? And then God carried it through. He executed His own plan. The contents God's. And God did it. So effective gospel sharing is dependent on God's message, not on yours. You know, some of the most powerful messages I've ever given, some of the most impactful conversations I've ever had with people, some of the most, when I was a youth pastor, um, amazing times in youth group um, and retreats was when I was weak when I was tired and didn't want to be there, when I was burnt out, when I was far from clever in what I was saying. But I faithfully shared Christ crucified. And so that doesn't just apply to preachers, right? It applies to all of us. If it's dependent on God, then even in your weakest moment, if we are just faithful to share the simple, but offensive message of Christ crucified, God works and does incredible things. You have the most effective gospel sharing tool right in your back pocket it's the gospel, the crucified, risen Savior. So effective gospel sharing is dependent on God and his intelligence, his wisdom. But it's also dependent on God's spirit, God's power. That's what we find in here. Not your smooth style. So verse four, verses 4 and 5 it says, Paul comes in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So it's it's not some crazy, extraordinary event necessarily. It could be. Sometimes when you're sharing the gospel, some crazy things happen. Some extraordinary things happen. but it's more about the holy spirit's power transforming lives, transforming hearts. So that might be something really crazy and radical, it might be something very simple where someone and someone just changes their heart, changes their mind, God changes their heart and mind and they go, "Yeah, I'm following Jesus." It might be very normal. Usually is in my experience. Not some magical power that we conjure up when it's talking about the power of God. It's not some like magical power. No, it's the fruit of us believing the content of the gospel. For the Corinthians, it was the fruit of the Corinthians believing what Paul was telling them. It's the fruit of other people believing what we're faithfully sharing. And so I want to share this quote again because it's it's right on from Gordon Fee. Rather, the real danger in all preaching is self-reliance. The danger always lies in letting the form and content get in the way of what should be the single concern, the gospel, proclaimed through human weakness, but accompanied by the powerful work of the Spirit so that lives are changed through a divine human encounter. We need God to work. We need His Spirit to work. I have a relative... Um, share a more recent story, I have a relative who called me up and said, you know, I'm really struggling with something. And I want to be a good dad and a good husband, but I know I'm not because of this struggle. Can we meet up tomorrow? Sure. So we meet up. Um, we both had to drive um, a good distance, a couple hours to meet up. Um, but he shared his struggle with me. And I said, you know what? Your problem isn't the problem here. I want to help you deal with that. Definitely. But the problem is that you need a Savior. The problem is that you need Jesus to come help clean up the mess. You need Jesus to take care of your sin problem and empower you to walk in strength and not struggle with that anymore. So... Um, you need Christ. And he didn't, like, fall on his knees and go, oh, I need Jesus. Yeah, it didn't happen like that. But our conversations continued, and he did end up coming to know Jesus because he realized, yeah, I can't overcome my addictions. I can't overcome my struggles. I need a Savior. That was God's power. I wasn't shoving anything down his throat, but I had built a relationship with him, Right? And he called me up. I didn't sit down, ready to just shove the gospel down his throat. But I certainly wanted to share it. I love, um, for for you classical music fans out there, um, I love at the bottom of all of Johann Sebastian Bach's works, he puts SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, which means glory to God alone on the bottom of all of his musical pieces. Why? Because he knew. He knew that life was all about God. And he wanted to give credit to God for everything he did, for all the pieces that he wrote. Glory to God alone. And so we need to have the same attitude when we're faithfully sharing the gospel. This is dependent on God, not me. So, soli deo Gloria. You get all the glory. You get all the praise, God. It's not dependent on you. But it is dependent on God's power. On God's wisdom. And this should free you to share the gospel liberally. Because we're basically saying, I'm not the point. When we realize that we're not the point, then I can quit fearing others so much. I can let go of my reputation. I can, I can let go of my fear of what I do, do know or don't know and it'll just be gone. That burden will be lifted when I realize I'm not the point so the pressure's off me in sharing the Gospel. And when I, really, I realize that God is the point and make it all about Him in my mind, make it all about Him outwardly, then, then, God works and moves. Charles Spurgeon, who was a formative pastor in the 1800s, was talking about um, sharing the gospel and, and trying to defend God. And this is kind of a paraphrase, but he said, "Defending God is like trying to defend a lion. Just unlock the cage. You don't you don't need eloquent wisdom. You don't have to sound like Tony Stark." The pressure is off you because you are not the point. God's the point. So just unlock the cage. Share the simple gospel with people. And so the first step we need to take is to pray. I mean, if you walk away from here with anything today, especially for those who are just scared out of their mind about sharing the gospel with someone, but for everyone in here, it needs to be, I need, pray, I need to Pray. Why? Pastor Ray Stedman says this, prayer is the most perfect expression of faith because prayer is the manifestation of dependence upon God. We're saying, God, you have got to show up. Any of my efforts to share the gospel are going to fall short unless you show up and do something. And we need to have desperation. I mean, I think often I'm just like, yeah, God, it's dependent on you. You got to show up. You got you to you gotta convince these guys that they need Jesus. And then in the back of my mind or even in my subconscious, I'm going, but I've got this. And I need to be on my knees. I love, I, I forget who said this, but so they were talking about having their knees Bloodied because they were on their knees in prayer so much, I love that that picture as gruesome as it is. I love it because that's where we need to be at because if it 's not dependent on me, then I should be driven to my knees over and over and over again for my coworkers, for my friends, for my family that doesn't know Jesus. Atheists get it. I've heard atheists say, you know what? If I was a Christian, if I believed what you believed, I would be sharing it with everyone. Because if they don't believe, and I believe the Bible is true, then it means they'd be dying in their sin and going to hell for all eternity. See, even unbelievers get it. We've been going through this... um, acronym I guess with our connection groups called the BLESS acronym um, and it's just a way to, to build relationships with people in order to share the gospel um, well, the first one is B begin with prayer and then just listen to people um, and then we want to just eat with people serve them and then S share the gospel with them And you don't have to go in any particular order but we're just trying to help everyone in our church start with prayer Who can I reach out to? Who needs Jesus in my life that doesn't know Jesus? And how can I start building a relationship with them? But if you skip prayer, good luck. You are not going to have effective gospel sharing. Because it is not dependent on you. It's dependent on God. Let's pray. God, I pray that You would help all of us this week to be bold in prayer for people who do not know You. I pray that we would be very specific in our prayers. I pray that You would give us even a time maybe to pray for these specific people. God, I thank You um, for for that one person in my life that I pray for every time I hear that song on the radio. I pray that you would give us things like that, that remind us to pray for people in our lives that that need to know you. Because I've talked to so many people until they're blue in the face about Jesus and they just don't get it and they won't come to know you and it's because it's not dependent on Matt. And that's so humbling. I'm not the point. You're the point, God. So change our hearts, God. Drive us to our knees, Lord. And then drive us to, to action to speaking, Lord. We can't just assume other people know the gospel through our actions, although that's great that we need, we need to show it, but we have to share it. People cannot know Jesus Christ and Him crucified without us sharing it. So some of us in here just need to go out this week and talk about you for once instead of the weather and sports and whatever else that is, that is fine but not near as important as talking about you. So change our hearts, God. Change my heart, God. Give us opportunities. I pray for people in here that are like really hesitant and don't want an opportunity to share the gospel, that you would give them one this week, God, for your glory and their good. We love you, Jesus. Help us love you more. In your name we pray, amen.